0: Are you familiar with a sporting event they call a triathlon? Some of you probably have heard of that, probably maybe have even watched such a thing on television. The most famous one of those, I think, is in Hawaii. They call it the Ironman Triathlon. It's just an absolutely amazing physical challenge. Uh, participants have to swim about two and a half miles. Then they ride a bicycle for, I think, 112 miles. And having done those two things, then they run a full marathon, 26.2 miles. They do that in rapid succession, no stopping, no resting. All of that done, just incredible challenge, physical challenge. Obviously, anybody who would do that would have to be someone who is in tremendous physical condition. There's no doubt about that. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to be able to succeed in a in a event like a triathlon you'd also have to have a powerful kind of determination uh, a, a, a kind of commitment in your mind that's just incredible I'll tell you I'll never run a triathlon my guess is that nobody else here this morning probably will either but I want you to think about the idea of having a strong commitment and determination to see a thing through There are lots of things in our daily activities. We we may not be triathletes, but there are a lot of things in our daily activities that require firm commitment and strong determination. I mean, if you get up every morning and go to work, or if if you're busy raising the kids and keeping house, uh, those kind of things take a lot of determination to stick with it and to see it through. Other things that we are expected to do, you know, maybe... Having a savings plan, you're going to save for your retirement. You're going to be committed to that. You have to have determination to not just start, but to see that through. Or if you're going to go on a diet, you know, it's one thing to start, but it's another thing to have the determination to make it stick and stay with it. Again, starting is not enough. You have to have the resolve and the determination uh, to stay with a thing and finish. I would suggest to you that that is absolutely true of our spiritual life as well. It's one thing to start, to get started, but it's another thing to have the powerful determination to see it through, to stick with it. This morning we want to look to Jesus as our example in this. Of course, Jesus is the perfect example in all things. We want to look to Jesus uh, and, and in particular his strong, powerful determination to stick with his uh, uh, purpose in coming to earth, and specifically to go to the cross of Calvary and to suffer death there. The passage that we want to draw your special attention to this morning is Luke chapter 9, verse 51. It says, It came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Right here is the expression that we want to build our lesson on this morning. Set your face. Jesus set his face, and that's an expression that denotes his determination to get it done. And so as time was drawing near to accomplish that, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. It wasn't just that he was going to go to Jerusalem. He was going to go to Jerusalem and die there, a horrific death on the cross of Calvary. But he set his face. He made a determination, a commitment that he was going to get the job done. We need a strong spiritual commitment to do our work for the Lord as well. And we want to build our lesson upon that statement. Jesus set his face. We need to set our face or be strong in our determination to do the will of God in our lives. Let us stop here before we go further into this study just say a word of thanks to all who are here. We've got a good number assembled together this morning to worship God and we're encouraged by everyone who is here. We have several visitors. We're glad you've come our way. We want you to come back every time you have a chance to be with us. Uh, and if you have any questions at all about what we're doing, teaching or why we're doing the things we are here at College U, please ask. We'd be glad to explain that. We'll try to give you a Thus saith the Lord, a book, chapter, and verse for what we teach and practice as we serve God together here at College U. Thanks for being here today. So Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem and die on the cross. We understand that statement. But we want to take from that that we also need great determination to do some of the things that are expected of us. We're not expected to die on a cross like Jesus did necessarily. might, might come to that, I suppose. Not typically. A Christian wouldn't be expected to die uh, by crucifixion. But there are things that we are expected to do, and it takes determination to do them. For instance, just very simply, we would say it takes a lot of determination to humbly submit to God. Think about Jesus submitting to God. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, we're going to try to, to illustrate Jesus did these things. We need to do these things. In the case of Jesus, in Matthew 26, as he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he would be arrested and go through all these horrible uh, punishments, notice in Matthew 26, verse 39, Jesus fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, "O oh, Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. This was heavily on his mind. And notice, he had a will, but he said, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He was submitting his will to the will of the Father. Some have tried to suggest that it was an easy thing for Jesus to go to the cross of Calvary. And I think that is such a mistake. It was a very hard thing. He fully anticipated. And in his divine insight, he would be able to perfectly predict exactly every detail of the terrible death that he was going to die. But he, And of course, compounding that was the knowledge that he was perfectly innocent. There was no, there was no just cause for which he should suffer those things. He knew all of that, and yet he was determined to submit to the will of God. He humbled himself. We need that same kind of humility. In 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning verse 5, God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble, yourself, humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. As Christ was humble to the will of the Father, we need to be as well. And the problem, of course, is pride. Pride is our big enemy in that. Because we are inclined to say, how I live is my business. It's none of your business. No one can tell me what to do. Uh, That's the way men are inclined to think. But the fact of the matter is... it you do have to do what someone else says. If you want to go to heaven, that is, you have to submit to the will of the Father. And we have to humble ourselves. We have to rid ourselves of the pride that says, I can do as I please. No, we need to do as God pleases for us to do. In Psalm 51, verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. We need to have that great humility. And it takes determination to do that because we're inclined to, really bow up, push back, want to do our own thing. But we have to humbly submit to God, and we've got to be determined to do that constantly, day after day, as we serve Him. I would suggest to you that it's hard and takes determination on our part to stay focused and not be distracted by the things of this world. Again, I want you to think about Jesus and, and the kind of things that might have been tugging at Him trying to hold him back from doing this important assignment of dying on the cross, a sacrifice for our sins. In Luke 23, beginning verse 27, it said, There followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. (laughs) Have you ever thought about what a powerful distraction These women might have been to Jesus as he was on his way to Calvary, as they followed along and bewailed and lamented him, it says there in that text. We don't know who all those women were, but I would submit to you there's a high probability that among those women may have been his own mother because we know that she was nearby and she was at the scene of the crucifixion. Uh so there's, I think, a, a distinct possibility that among those women who were weeping and lamenting over what was happening to Jesus might have been his very own mother. Uh, do you think those things might have tugged at his heartstrings, tried to get him to maybe not go through with what was about to happen? You know, as we think about Jesus and his divine power, at any point in the process of Jesus' trial and crucifixion, Jesus could have stopped it. He could have stopped it at any point he chose to. He had the power. He could have done that. He wouldn't be doing the will of the Father if he did that, but he had the power to stop it at any point, any place along the way. Jesus could have said, oh, that's enough. I'm not going on. I'm not going through with that. But he had set his face. Remember that expression? He had set his face. He had determined he was going to do the will of the Father. And so even when there were potential distractions, like maybe his own mother crying and weeping as he was on the way to Calvary, he wouldn't let that stop him from doing what needed to be done in service to God. We're challenged about many distractions. We, we have things we need to be doing for God. But there are a lot of distractions in this world that might be things that would try to keep us from doing those duties. In Luke chapter 8, verse 14, when Jesus was explaining the parable of the sower, he spoke of some who were choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. We've talked a lot about this. In fact, just Wednesday night in our Bible class, we were mentioning the the age of prosperity that we live in and all the abundance that we enjoy. If there were ever a people who could be distracted from doing what needs to be done by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, that would be us. And so there are a lot of distractions trying to keep us from doing what needs to be done. What do you do? You set your face. You, you maintain a determination to do what God wants done in your life. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we, are, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, notice, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. These things would try to keep us from completing the race. Set those things aside. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Maintain your determination. Don't be distracted by the things of the world. I tell you, it takes determination to keep on keeping on when when times are hard in our lives talking about that triathlon earlier one part of that triathlon is actually a marathon the end of that triathlon is to run a 26.2 mile marathon i've always just been overwhelmingly impressed by people who could just run a marathon can you imagine running 26.2 miles the most famous marathon of all of course is the boston marathon they run it every spring in boston of course Uh, And it's a pretty, really tough course, even as marathon courses go. At about mile 20, there's a real steep hill that the runners have to ascend. Of course, at 20 miles, you've already run 20 miles, you just are at the point of complete physical exhaustion, and then you hit what they call Heartbreak Hill in the Boston Marathon. How do you keep going? When you've already run 20 miles and you're just worn out, how do you keep going when you hit Heartbreak Hill? Well, you've got to be determined, right? That that hill claims a lot of participants. A lot of them don't make it. The ones that do are the ones that are absolutely committed to get to the finish line. They're going to do it even when the going is hard. That's what we've got to do spiritually. Life has, if you will, life has its own heartbreak hills. There are really difficulties. They come into everybody's life. Sometimes I, I think we selfishly begin to imagine nobody has the kind of troubles I have. If you only knew the kind of things I'm dealing with, no, that's not the case. Everybody has issues, right? We should never feel sorry for ourselves and to imagine that nobody else knows the kind of troubles we've experienced. Yes, they have. Other people have lots of problems. We all have problems. Everybody goes through issues and hardships in their life. And those are the times when we are really tested to see if we're going to be faithful to God or not. That's the real test. The test is not when things are easy and going our way. The test when things are hard. Are we going to stick with it? Are we going to have the determination to keep on going? Jesus, again, is the perfect example of that. Uh, during his trial before Pilate, Pilate willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. So we know that Jesus probably had what amounted to a double punishment from Pilate the scourging and the crucifixion. This scourging, as we've studied before, is just a horrific thing. It almost defies human explanation and, and, and had the full capacity. Jesus probably could have died just from the scourging itself, even if they had never taken him and hung him on the cross. He was injured that badly. So now he's been beaten to the very point of death, and they throw the cross on his shoulders, and he starts the to march toward Calvary. Apparently he was already in such a weakened condition. It says they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passing who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander Rufus, to bear his cross. So how bad is Jesus hurt? How 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 harsh has the suffering been? Probably so much so that he's having trouble bearing up under the weight of that cross. This Simon of Cyrene, they have to enlist him to to carry it the rest of the way. You talk about keeping on, being determined to follow through when the going is rough. If you picture Jesus on that road to Calvary and hurt so horribly already by the scourging that the man has to have help. He can't carry the cross. Simon Cyrene has to help carry the cross. That's the idea that we're expressing here to, to keep going even through the very hard times. Jesus is the perfect example of that. I tell you, we have another powerful example in the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter verse 24, Paul talks about all the things he had suffered as he tried to serve the Lord in his life. He says in 2 Corinthians 11, beginning verse 24, Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Okay, so you're Paul. And every one of these things that we just read, all of this just piling up. Uh, All of these hardships, over and over and over again, more and more and more. You think that maybe Paul was ever tempted to quit, to give up? Possibly say, it's not worth it. I've suffered so much, I'm quitting. It's just not worth it. You think that might have ever been on his mind? Well, if it was, we know that it didn't stop him because in Philippians 3, verse 13, beginning... Reaching forth to those things which are before, I pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was like a marathon runner. And nearing the end of his race, he had really suffered a lot. He'd been through so much, but he wouldn't quit. He was determined to make it to the end. We've got to have great determination to keep on going during the hard times of life. I would also argue that Jesus is the example. Now, remember again, here's our key phrase, setting your face, being committed and determined, and you're not going to let anything keep you from doing it. you got to be committed to saying no to temptation. Now, think about Jesus and temptation. We could talk about the immediate temptation of those hours leading up to his crucifixion, Certainly he had to, endure, to temptate, uh, endure temptation, say no to temptation in those moments. But Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 speaks more generally about the life of Jesus. In Hebrews 4 verse 15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I don't know about you, but to me it's a real comforting thing to know that Jesus experienced the temptations that I experienced. Isn't that a help to you to know that Jesus, whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever temptation is strong to you, Jesus knew those temptations, but it tells us that he did not sin. He knew the temptations, but he did not sin. How did Jesus keep from sin when he was faced with temptation? Strong determination. In those events leading up to his death at Calvary, strong determination. He would not be—he would not let temptation keep him from finishing his committed task. We need determination. Uh, to say no to temptation. In the Old Testament, Genesis 39, we read about Joseph. We've studied, we've studied his case plenty of times and always such an encouragement to think about Joseph. I remember, as he was being tempted by Potiphar's wife, he absolutely said no to the temptation. He said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now, he was going to, to be right and do right, and he was going to resist the temptation no matter what. He had his face set. He had set his face. Jesus had set his face. We have to set our face. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness faith." charity peace with them that call the Lord out of a pure heart. That expression, flee also youthful lusts, we, we really need to remind our young people, you're going to be tempted. There are going to be lots of temptations that come your way. There are going to be specific temptations related to sexual immorality that are going to come your way. How are you going to resist those things? I mean, they're powerful in the world today. And Satan has all kinds of new avenues to present these temptations to you. How are you going to resist Temptation, how are you going to say no? I'm telling you, you've got to have your face set. You've got to set your face. You've got to have your heart fully committed. You've got to be determined. You can't wait until the moment of temptation to decide what you're going to do. You've got to have that already decided. You have to set your face. You have to have your mind made up. And that's really what Jesus did, right, about dying on the Calvary's cross. He had made up his mind. He had set his face. He was determined. And he wasn't not going. Nothing was going to keep him from following through. And when we face the temptations of life, it takes a strong determination to say no when we are tempted. Uh, but we need to. We need to have that determination. We need to set our face. And then finally, let me suggest to you, it takes determination to withstand, oppose what is right. We live in an age of compromise, uh, especially religiously. Uh, everybody is in this compromising mode. And the idea is that we just need to go along and get along and I'm okay, you're okay, and it doesn't really matter and, and we can do that sort of thing. But we need to set our face to uh, withstand error, be it individuals, who are in error, teaching doctrines that are in error, Uh, we need to be determined to oppose what is wrong. And it takes a determination to do that. There are a lot of people who are not willing to take a stand, uh, who are willing to compromise. But we need to be determined that we're going to oppose error when it comes up. In individuals and in doctrines, we have to oppose error. Jesus, again, is our perfect example in this. In the reading that Roger did earlier, we read about Jesus confronting Peter. Remember, Peter, uh, Jesus had been saying here, Jesus it says, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, raised again the third day. But Peter said, he, Peter began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, saying, Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. So, as Jesus was predicting his death on the cross, Peter tried to say, I'm not going to let that happen to you. Uh, Peter was a a close friend. He was one of the closest disciples to Jesus among the apostles. He was among that group of three that was closest to Jesus. And and Peter says, I'm not going to let that happen. No, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to let that happen. He was wrong to try to prevent Jesus from following through with his committed duty to die on the cross of Calvary. And even though Peter was a close friend, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He rebuked Peter for doing that. He was not even going to let personal friendships or relationships like that keep him from doing what needed to be done. We need to have that same determination. Paul confronted Peter in Galatians 2.11. When Peter was come to Antioch, Paul said, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Again, here's Peter, at this point now a well-respected apostle, uh, a leader uh, among Christians in Jerusalem and beyond. But when he came to Antioch, Paul said, I, I withstood him to the face. He was to be blamed. It takes determination and courage and commitment to speak up against those who would teach or do something in error. To Timothy, Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19, holding faith in a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So, when writing to Timothy, he said, I've had to do this. And he named two men, Hymenaeus and Alexander, uh, that he was resisting because of their errors. We, of course, are called upon to do the same thing. In Romans 16, 17, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. That's a hard thing to do, you know. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do uh, when it may involve people who have been our friends. It's, it's a hard thing to do, even harder, when, it, when taking such a stand may put us at odds with fr- uh, family and friends. But we have to have the determination to do this and the way you do that is you set your face. You commit yourself. You make your determination and you stay with it. Jesus, as we said, is the perfect example in all of these things. And, and he manifests that example to us so perfectly and completely as we read about his life. He had set his face to do the will of God. And we need that determination as well. Uh, we won't get the job done unless we're fully committed to it. Appreciate your good attention to what we've had to say and hope it's an encouragement to us all that as we live day by day, we'll stay fully committed to do the will of God in our lives. But it might be, as we bring the lesson to close, we're about to sing a song of invitation. It might be that you have previously made a commitment to God, but you haven't followed through with it. If that's the case, you need to come back to Him in repentance, confession, and prayer. We'd be glad to pray with you and for you. If you're a Christian, but you've not been doing the will of God, let us help. If you're not yet a Christian, will you make that determination? Will you, will you, right now, today, determine in your heart that you'll humbly submit to the will of God and live for Him? Not just today, but every day the rest of your life. Will you obey that gospel plan of salvation? Hearing the truth, believe it. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Jesus. Be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song. Oh.